Thank you, everybody. You may be seated. What a wonderful morning. Doesn't it make your heart feel glad when you see little children giving their lives to Jesus? You know, they're the next generation. They're the leaders of our nation to come after these wonderful youth here, of course. But um, it's just great being in church with you. And today is made alive in Christ. You know, um, I remember that I wasn't that great before I knew Christ. And sometimes we need to take a look back at what we were like and remember how much we have been changed. Isn't that right? You know, because we are called to lead others to Christ. You know, making that decision to follow Christ isn't about going to heaven. Okay? You're right, Jackie. Thank you just so I don't start coughing again. You know, your Christian walk isn't all about you and how blessed you can be and going to heaven. It's about you leading others. Amen? Our focus should totally be on that. So made alive in Christ. I'm talking about the the gospel this morning. And, you know, in the book of Ephesians, the, um, it plants the, the cornerstone of our faith and our position and authority of the church and us in Christ, revealing the nature of God in all things. You know, God is in all. Everything we do is spiritual. Going to work is spiritual because you affect a lot of people in your jobs. Um, and he wants us to walk in extraordinary power. He doesn't want us to rely on ourselves. And, you know, who... Who struggled before they gave their life to Christ? That you worried? Yes, you worried and you you worked, but you never seemed to get ahead. You strived. And in, if you turn to Ephesians 1, I'll just read from 3 to 10 because I think it's, I'm reading from the um, Passion because it's beautiful. I love words. Who loves reading? I love the words, um, the pictures words create in your mind. And when I read a book, I can actually see the movie going on in my head, believe it or not. And I don't know whether you're like that. But it says, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us. Isn't that beautiful? Lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly Father. He's lavished this beautiful love upon our lives. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, all because he sees us wrapped in Christ. And, you know, so often um, I think, oh, Jesus is standing beside me. But God actually sees us wrapped in Jesus, so he doesn't see our sin and our past life. He actually sees Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? Wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate him with all our hearts. And he chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself, even before he had laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with a 
unstained innocence. Just like these beautiful little children, when you look at Keeley, that beautiful innocence, trusting and believing. For it was always his perfect plan to adopt us to his to be his delightful children. Sometimes I'm not too delightful. Sometimes we have attitude, don't we? Through our union with Jesus Christ, we come into that relationship. It's only through Christ. This is the gospel, the anointed one. So that is tremendous love that cascades over us. I always think of a waterfall and all this Love just coming down over. We've got to, when we read, we've got to picture things. And it's so beautiful. His tremendous love that cascades. Um, Cascading riches. I'm on the right place. Oh, no. Cascades over us would glorify his grace. For the same love he has for his beloved one, Jesus, he has for us. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. Do you actually realize that when you get up in the morning, you are bringing God great pleasure? I was watching um, The Chosen the other day, and it was about the children coming to Jesus. And um, they got, Jesus got them um, quoting the word. And they were busy um, doing little chores for him. They were sitting with him and he had them all working. So we need to teach our children to work and do little chores. And, you know, what's really inside of them comes out because they're so concentrating. So these children were speaking the word of God. Who is the word of God? Jesus. And as Jesus sat and watched these children speaking out the word, speaking out who who was and is and what he's going to be, the tears started rolling down his face. And I, I was thinking, you know, when we start confessing out the word of God, it brings tears to our Savior's eyes. It brings his Father pleasure. Do we realize, like, we're not just speaking words. Come on, church, wake up. We're going to remember this. You're not just speaking words. So be careful what comes out of your mouth because it's creative. But if you can speak out the word of God over things, like even today when we're the the lion of the tribe of, of Judah, speaking it out, speaking to that mountain to move. Who's got mountains? We've all got mountains in our lives. They need to go in Jesus' name. You know, it brings God pleasure when we speak out against these. In Jesus' name, since we are now joined to Christ, we have been given the treasures of redemption by his blood, the total cancellation of our sins. Stop talking about what you used to do and how bad you were and stop condemning yourself. You are made new. That is all gone. We need to change our thinking. And the only way you can do that is reading this. And do you know, we know how much you read this by what comes out of your mouth. That's scary, isn't it? All because of the cascading riches of his grace. The super abundant grace is already 
powerfully working in us. You don't realize how much God is actually working in and through you and how much he wants to do even more. I keep losing my place here. The superabundant grace is already powerfully working in us, releasing within us all forms of wisdom. I need wisdom and practical understanding. And through the revelation of the anointed one, he unveiled his secret desires to us, the hidden mystery of his long-range plan. We're part of God's plan, church which he was delighted to implement from the beginning of time. And because of God's unfailing purpose, this detailed plan will reign supreme through every period of time. God wasn't just doing it in the time of the disciples and the apostles and back there and through the Maccabees. I love reading the books about the Maccabees. It's not in the Bible, but you need to go and find it. It's it's so exciting. I'm excited about the Word of God. It's alive. This this is the most creative thing that you can speak out. If life isn't working and you don't know what to say and and you're confused, just pick pick this up and start reading it out and things will change in your life. Um, This detailed plan will reign supreme through every period of time until the fulfillment of the ages finally reaches It's climax when God makes all things new in all of heaven and earth through Jesus Christ. And, you know, we're part. God needs us to join with his plan. He can't do it without us. God is the one who makes us holy, but our response is to be faithful and devoted to him. He chose us and has set us apart. He has marked us with his love. I had a big discussion the other day because, you know, all this predestined and all that, you know, we're actually, every one of us, predestined to follow Christ. What what changes between some people and each one of us is choices. You have chosen to get in, in line with God's plan And that's why we just need to get more and more in line with what God wants. What a sad picture we were before Christ rescued us and freely saved us by his grace. You know, I can remember looking at our lives before we were saved. And, you know, Don was probably working 80 hours a week, but we could never get ahead because the enemy was robbing us because we just weren't living the way we should have been living. If you want to turn to Ephesians 2, here we are. I'm going to read you a lot of word today because this is, this is powerful and I think the words are more powerful than mine. And his fullness fills you. And his fullness fills you, even though you were once like corpses, dead. Dead in your sins and offences. It wasn't that long ago that you lived in the religions, customs, values of this world, obeying the dark ruler of the earthly realm who fills the atmosphere 
with his authority. But we pushed that back this morning in our worship. We pushed it back and worked diligently in the hearts of those who are disobedient to the truth of God. The corruption that was in us from birth was expressed through the deeds and desires of our self-life. You see, sometimes we don't have to actually do a lot of bad things. We can just live a life that's all about me. me. We see it today. It's all about how pretty I can look, how much I can save to go on a holiday. I remember years ago, the young people saying, I want to save money to go on a missions trip. And, you know, I want to go to Africa or Vietnam or something like that. Whereas in a lot of the churches they go to now, they want to go to some resort at Tahiti, Hawaii or Fiji and lie in the sun. It's pretty sad, isn't it? You actually have a lot more fun going, I'll give you a bit of wisdom from a 69-year-old. It's actually more fun. Thank you, Chris, you're amazing. But, you know, when you go on holiday and engage with people and have input into people, it's the best holiday. You come back inspired. If you just go to a resort and it's all about you, quite often you come home tired and you need another holiday. So that's my little bit of wisdom for you all and my page flipped over. Okay, so it's all about self. We live by whatever natural cravings and thoughts our minds dictated. Can you recognize this about yourself? Living as rebellious children subject to God's wrath like anyone else. But God still loved us. This is beautiful. But God still loved us when we were all about self, me, me. With such great love. He's so rich in compassion and mercy. You see, he came after us when we were sinners. And then it goes on to say, even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, he united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. So we didn't need to be whipped. We didn't need to be beaten. You know, we didn't need to be punished because Jesus took it all for us. All we had to do was say, I give up, God. I can't do it by myself. Come in and help me. Help me to live a good life because my life's hurting me at the moment. He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. Wow. For we are now co-seated with Christ. Where is Christ seated? At the right hand of the Father. How cool is that? That's an inheritance we have. And remember, when God looks down on us now, he doesn't see sinless corruption. We are wrapped like a blanket in Christ. How beautiful. Throughout the coming ages, we will be the visible display 
of the infinite, limitless riches of his grace and kindness. You see, the world out there can't see Jesus, but they can see you. What are they reading through your life? Which is showered for, upon us in Christ, Jesus, in Christ Jesus. For it is only through the wonderful grace that we will be, that we believe in him. I don't know why this Bible cuts words in half. That we believed in him. Nothing we did could ever earn salvation, for it was the gracious gift from God that brought us to Christ. So no one will ever be able to boast, for salvation is never a reward for good works or being um, human striving. So nothing we do, no good works or our striving can ever. We just have to give up. We just have to stand like, I can't do it anymore. God, help me. Think of it. Jesus said to come as a little child. What do children do? They say, pick me up, mummy. Pick me up. I can't do it anymore. I'm hurting. I'm in pain. And God picks us up. How cool is that? We have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. How cool is that? All we have to do when the the question comes, is say yes or no. The whole world is called to come and know the Father. He wants us all. It's just the choice we make. We choose the life we live. So don't complain to me about your life because you've chosen it. And we need to get our destiny on track with God. You know, I was, um, you need to get involved in an I group. I groups are the best places. It's where you become family. You share things. You can be vulnerable and you can love on each other on that smaller group of people. So on um, Wednesday night, uh, of course, we're watching through the series of The Chosen. And I thought was, this was very applicable to my life and I actually had to repent myself. Believe it or not, you can go home and tell everybody, my pastor had to repent. She's not perfect. We were watching Peter, old Peter the fisherman, wild Peter. He was living the life. You know, like many Jews, he'd be waiting for Messiah. And you know, he hadn't come. And they talked about it down the generations and Messiah hadn't come. And poor old Peter, he'd just given up. Jesus hadn't come. So he's going to do things his way. And who knows that when you do things your way, you can dig a big hole. I'll admit to it, I've dug a few holes in my life. 
And so Paul Peter, he sort of got himself into debt with the Romans a little bit. He got behind in his taxes. And he tried everything. You can just imagine. Do you imagine what people really are like? Like he's a fisherman. He's a smelly fisherman. He's wild. His language wouldn't have been great. Yeah, he was, he was, he followed the Torah. No. He went the Sabbath. He did all those things. But he was trying to do life himself. And then he got into debt. So you can imagine it. In those days, they used to have gambling games too. They used to fight, you know, and they'd have bets on one fighter against the other. He tried that. He tried rolling dices. He probably went and drank a bit of ale as well because he was trying to do things himself. On top of that, he worked very hard. Who's been there? I think we all have. He tried, but the hole kept getting deeper. And the funny thing is that his brother Andrew had gone out down to the river and he'd seen this wild man called John the Baptist baptizing people. And then one day this young man walked in and asked John to baptize him. And it was Jesus. And we all know what's happened there. The light came down from heaven and God says, this is my beloved son and whom I'm well pleased. Oh, no, Dad. So Andrew runs back and he says to Peter, I've seen the Messiah. He's here. He's finally come. But who knows that when you get into that frenzy and the role of life and you're trying to fix things, Somehow, sometimes your ears go deaf, don't they? You can't hear it. It's so filled up with the world and life that you actually have blocked out the truth. And Andrew's trying to tell him the truth, but he's not listening. And then they're coming, the Romans are coming this day to arrest, well, the next day to arrest Peter. So one final time he thinks, I'll go out. And I'll go fishing. But he did a bad thing. He went out on Shabbat. That's when you're supposed to stay home. You don't work. The food's all prepared. It's a holy time. But he sneaked out. So he had good and it was the wrong timing, but it was a good intention. How many times have you done something that wasn't quite right, but you had the good intention about it in your heart. So he went out fishing all night, right out in the ocean, and he didn't catch anything. Imagine how exhausted, tired, and he's given up hope. And as he comes into shore, there's all these hundreds of people on the shore, and there's this man speaking to them. You know, Jesus always turns up spot on time. Turned up just in time in your life. He turned up just in time in my life. 
And as Peter comes into the shore, Jesus turns and he says to him, can I get into your boat? Can I stand in your boat and speak? Because they can't hear me because I'm down here. At that moment, Peter had a decision to make. Will you let Jesus in your boat? Like many of us, will you let Jesus in your boat? And he looks at him and he says, okay. So he stands and he listens to what Jesus is saying. And Andrew's, you can imagine the brother going, I told you so, you know. You can imagine brothers, you know, can't help, boys can't help but nudge each other, you know. So you've got to imagine that. See, I had two sons. They were always at each other, nudging me. You know, walking down the hall and the one would shove the other one into the wall. You know, my walls were a bit bowed like that. See, do you, do you actually get into the story? Because it's so beautiful. And then Jesus says to him, when he gets out of the boat, he says, push offshore a little way. And Peter probably pushed the boat out, not even as far as that wall, just pushed it out a little way. And then he says, let down your nets. And Peter goes, but, but. Don't we always have a but? But Jesus says, but Jesus says, put down your net, let down your nets. And he had a choice. You see, we can let Jesus in our boat, but we stay the way we are. Are we going to trust him? Are we really going to trust him? Are we going to do what he says? So Peter puts down the nets, totally exhausted. And then all of a sudden, there's like, like this churning in the water and all these fish. And he's trying to pull it, the nets into the boat. He nearly sinks his boat. And I think it's the sons of Zebedee had to come over and help him. And, you know, there's all this... You see, when you let Jesus in your boat and you do what he says, it's just a place for a miracle. Just a place for a miracle. And I sat there. You see, Jesus was right on time. Somebody today, you've come here and Jesus is right on time right on time for you. See, I don't want to know all the things you've done wrong in your life. All I want to know is, are you going to say yes and let him into your boat? Because I have experienced how he can transform and make your life totally amazing. And as I sat there the other night, I was sitting behind everybody and I've got a tear running down and we're selling a house and I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm thinking all these things, how, well, maybe if I did this and maybe I did that or maybe, maybe, maybe. And I just heard God say, trust me, let it go. Just let it go, Julia, and trust me. Because we try to orchestrate things and make them happen and God said, no. Just let go and trust me. So there's a confession, church. 
you know, as humans, we sort of put things in compartments. And I think we think, well, God can have all this. And maybe he needs my help with this here. And who knows, this turns into a hole and a mess. Because as soon as that miracle happened, you see, it wasn't just, Jesus isn't just doing the miracle for the one. There were hundreds on the beach watching that miracle today, that day, and everything, all their lives were transformed. It, it doesn't talk about it really because if you wrote down everything Jesus did and what everybody thought, there wouldn't be enough pages. But we have to think logically that there were hundreds on the beach here listening to Jesus and then he did this miracle for, he says to Peter, let me in your boat. goes, yes, and then he says, now trust me, go out and let down your nets and the miracle happens. How many lives were transformed that day? My challenge is, if you let Jesus in your boat and start living a different lifestyle, how many hundreds of people are around you to witness the change? You really don't even have to talk about it. They will ask, but they will see by your actions. How exciting is that? Give it to Jesus and let him do the miracles in your life. You know, um, I've got a special place where I sit in my house, the end of the couch. Actually, I've just given it to the church, actually. But I didn't write, sit at the end of this couch, and it's got big arms on it, so I push my, my Bible and my study book back there. But every morning I get it out and I sit there. Now, Christy's little girl, Kaylee, used to come and stay with us quite a bit when she was little. Now, I didn't tell her what I used to do, but she watched it. So one day, I wasn't sitting in that spot, and the books were there, and she went up as a two-year-old and sat down on the seat, pulled the Bible down, and she opened it, and her words were, not, oh, Holy Father in heaven. Her words were, hey, Jesus, 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 hey, Jesus. He heard every word that little girl said. And you know what? I realized we just have to sit down and go, hey, Jesus, hey, Jesus. And he's right there. For each one of us, he's right there. And he wants to do something. And you can tell him, you can tell him your stuff. And it's not, oh, holy father. It's like, Jesus, I'm so tired of trying to handle this. I can't do it anymore. Can you pick it up or can you pick me up and carry me? Because I'm a little bit tired. What is your life saying? You know, it goes on. I could read all of this, but... We're sort of running out of time because we had the children. And, but in the, and following on in Ephesians 2, it says, Yet, look at you now. This is God saying this. Or um, Paul's writing this. You know, you were that sinner struggling. It says you were a corpse 
<laughs> At least it wasn't dry bones. You were a corpse, you know, with sins in the fences. And then Jesus came and he wrapped himself around you just by, yes, Jesus, get in my boat, please. Change me. How great that salvation. And then we choose to live the life. How easy is this, church? This is the gospel made alive in Christ. Who wants to live like a corpse anymore? And then it goes, I just see Jesus sitting there beside God and say, just look at you now. You're a trophy. You look so beautiful wrapped in me. Everything is new. Although you were once distant and far away from God, now you have been brought delightfully close to him through the sacred blood of Jesus. You have actually been united to Christ, our, recon our reconciliating peace is Jesus. And then if you go further down, I must sum out, it says, you are rising like the perfectly fitted stones of the temple. Your lives are being built up together upon the ideal foundation laid by the apostles and the prophets. And best of all, you are connected to the head cornerstone of the building, the anointed one. Jesus Christ himself. This entire, this is you. This, think of yourself as a strong building. This entire building is under construction. You're under construction, well, and it's continually growing under his supervision until it rises up completed as a holy temple of the Lord himself. You see, we are the temple. We are the church. This means that God is transforming each one of you into the holy of holies. Oh, my goodness. Just well made me cry. His dwelling place through the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. What a link. Isn't that just fabulous? I don't know. What, I don't know how you're sitting down. Honestly. Isn't that the most beautiful thing? Christ has done it all for you, and now he's building you magnificent in him. You're becoming like him, transformed, holy, holy. Of, you're becoming the holy of holies. Isn't that? Why don't you stand up? Don't stay seated. God, I thought you'd be all... At that point, standing up and running to the altar. You are the holy of holies. How beautiful is that? Don, I'll ask you to come up. You know, we're better together. I haven't, I haven't even talked to Don about this. But, you know, I'm strong because I'm with him. See who God has put you beside and who you're with. And then look, look at the row you're in. And then look back at the amazing people that he has put here. And, you know, 
How can you think in your head, it's not really important if I come to church today? Who cares? I'll tell you who cares. Jesus cares. He's looking for you. Where is she today? Is she singing out with all her heart to the lion of the tribe of Judah? You know, he's not, he is gentle, Jesus, meek and mild when we need love and compassion. But he is the lion. He is our coming king. He's coming on that white horse, victorious. And we win, church. Why are we so worried about what is spoken over us after you've read what has been prophesied over us in this and this as pastor john said the other day you don't have this you have that you've got to open it you got to read it you've got to know it it's so exciting and beautiful that's his you imagine opening a card that the lover of your life has written you a card with all these words in it. Don writes me cards all the time. And he writes all these beautiful things. Do you know I've got a whole box of them and I can't, can't, even birthday cards that some of you have given me and you've written in, I've kept because words are so powerful. And what you've said about me is so beautiful. I can't rip it up and put it in a bin because your words have changed my life. When Pam writes, makes the most beautiful cards and puts the most beautiful words in them, I, I can't think, oh, that's nice. And my birthday's over, I'll drop it in the bin. Because she has prophesied something out of her love and, and that for me, I keep it. This is what God is. He's speaking his love over you. How can you shove it in a cupboard and get it out once a week or whenever and whatever? These words he's saying to you, I love you. Come to me. Come to me. I have a plan for your life. Stop trying to do it yourself. Stop digging that hole. Soon we, you know, there is a stage that the hole is so deep. Thank goodness God can look in there because man can't see you way down there. I know there's somebody here today that you are here right on time, like Peter, like we've been in our life. I was in a hole and I needed God to help me get out of it so I could have an amazing life. I want to live with joy and peace. I want to live life with people like you that I can trust. You make me better. So wonderful. So this I think there's two people here today. You just need to make that choice like we all have had to do. It's not like you're worse than us. We've all been there. But Jesus is saying, can I get in your boat today? And will you trust me? And then I will start doing some miracles around your life like nothing you've never ever seen before. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We pray that you would activate something in your life and shift your life towards Jesus. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, just click follow.
We love you. Have a blessed week.